Bomb, sex bomb, you're my sexual explosive! Hi! How are you? Um, I'm alright. Thanks for asking. Yep. And the kids? No. Hmm. Yes, he, he did, didn't he? But don't worry, listen, I've forgotten about it now and I certainly don't hold a grudge. Listen, listen, piss off anyway. I need to do an intro for episode 45 of every number one ever. Welcome! Episode 45. A very important number in the world of singular music. Yeah, 45. It's the amount of months Lauren Hill got for tax evasion, of course. <laughs> 45. It's the cumulative number of ribs removed by Marilyn Manson, Prince and Boy George so they could chomp on their little tiddlers. 45! It's the age Ed Sheeran was when he sadly died. 45! Ooh, Nostradamus. Casting a glance at this week's 45s and deciding whether to burn them or turn them into our new music pantheon is registered mild checks offender Craig Lowe. Hi. And hereditary musicophile, Dr. Liam Maloney. Careful. How are we? All good. Man. I can Man. make that noise too. <laughs> Today's machine is called The Small Interfaces. This is where I really struggle because one of, like Rod Stewart's involved with one of them. No, right. So let's really just confused. quick timeline. Rod Stewart existed. The Small Faces existed. Yeah. The Small Faces split. Yeah. Members of the Small Faces join with Rod Stewart to be called the Faces. So let's do it in size. The Faces started small and then became Faces. <laughs> That's actually quite useful. Right? <laughs> and... All we're waiting for now is Rod Stewart's final album, which will be called Massive Face. <laughs> Amazing. Um, shall we begin? Right, yeah, come on. Uh, Matthew, you begin. <laughs> oh, shit. Right, I'm ready. I increasingly ready. like just springing it on you. It, and the thing is, I, we should prepare, because we don't know who's going to be first. Right, I'm, I think I'm ready. Um, right, before... Before we, before I, I show you my hand, I think if there's something that the Pantheon should be stocked with, from my particular op opinion, it should be filled to the brim with brilliant choruses. Yeah? Okay. Yes. And with that in mind, let me show you my hand. First up, unique number one, two, five, eight. Number one, on the 4th of the 9th, 1968, which is a year that's been, you know, it's not let us down, 1968. Any more information? Small interfaces. It's been... One week wonder. Um, so was it number one for one week? Uh, press play and let's see who gets... The The, the song is, is up for grabs, but the band you'll probably get first. 
Sounds great. The preacher taunted me and he smiled. Said, Come and Come on, boys. With me. Come on, walk one more mile. Soul in a Mancunian accent. In your life, you're oh, it's Bee Gees. It's the Bee Gees. With, Not a I've clue got to what get the a message is. to you. I've got to get a message to you. So, on all these three, I'm going to ask you this, Liam. Could you take me to 1 minute 21 seconds? This is the second chorus, but I believe this is the better of the two. So, 1 minute 21 seconds. This is chorus of I've got to get the message to you by the Bee Gees. Ladies and gentlemen, the Brothers Gibb and their second UK number one. And you know what? I've, I know exactly what you boys are dying to ask me. What is the theme of the song, Matt? Well, the song is about a man who is awaiting his execution in the electric chair. What? Yes. He begs the prison chaplain to pass a final message to his wife. Robin Gibb, who wrote... That's not his wife, by the way. My intonation should have gone down there. <laughs> his wife, Robin Gibb. He, he, has to, he has to pass a final message to his wife. Robin Gibb, who wrote the lyrics, said that the man's crime was the murder of his wife's lover. Though the lyrics do not explicitly allude to the identity of the victim, Robin said... This is about a prisoner on death row who has only a few hours to live. He wants the prison chaplain to pass on a final message to his wife. There's a certain urgency about it. Well, they fucking would be, Robin, wouldn't they? Stepping away from their baroque pop phase, this slice of fried gold was written with Percy Sledge in mind. And I can mm. hear that. Yeah, I can get Huge that. chorus and continues their, the, the Bee Gees, the run of frankly batshit themes in their songs. Great song, though. Great song. Great song. Don't need the meaning behind it. You No, you were dying to hear that. You you wanted the... It's, a scholar as always. The, the, the song feels a little lesser, knowing, knowing that. Just a tad. I mean, it, it, it doesn't scream electric chair, does it? Let's be honest. No. No. That might be the meaning behind it. I mean, we, you, we, you want a bit more pace, had, you? <laughs> Oh, those crazy Aussies. <laughs> and their songs of capital punishment, tied with love. <laughs> we had uh, Don't You Want Me a few weeks back, didn't we? And that, is, as we know, as Phil Oakey keeps saying again and again. Don't you want me, it's baby. It's a horrible song about stalking and, and things. No, it, well, it is, but it's not. <laughs> and it's the same with this. It might be about a guy about to be killed, but no, it's not. It, I'll tell you what it is. It's this. Yeah. I've just got to get a gotta message get to a you. Message. <laughs> anyway, uh, where are we in the kitchen, Liam? Um, Really dweeby thing. I bet that's one of the few UK number ones that's in LCR. Explain that. You know where you have like the drums on one side and you have like the guitar on the other and the vocals mm. in the middle. And there's nothing like, it doesn't feel very kind of real everything's really weirdly around your head like motown did that a lot early motown um i was impressed by that i that's a completely new one on me and i enjoyed it a lot so i'm gonna say makes me really am, happy i'm approaching the vegetable crisper very low closer to the fridge than the bin <laughs> what about you matthew i'm guessing a yes yes <laughs> 
And shall we shall we pile more yes on? Yeah, let's do that. This is unique number one, number three, six, seven. It was at number one for two, count them, two weeks on the 22nd of February, 1975. Any further information? Small interfaces. Cockall, let's see who gets this one first. Oh. Oh, Steve Harley. Uh, Liam, could you skip it to 43 seconds for the chorus, please? Yes, please. Now, can we point out at this bit the re- we went we talked about the meaning behind the Bee Gees song and yeah, it it didn't really it it's something we don't need. Well, this is a piece of snook cocking arrogance, according to songwriter Steve Harley. It's Steve Harley and the Cockney Rebel with "Make Me Smile" brackets. Come up and see me. Who wrote the song about the previous incarnation of Cockney Rebel, who split in the previous year, 1974? Come up and see me, make me smile, meaning come crawling back to me once you've realised the mistake you've made, and I will laugh at you. Ah, arrogance. That aside, let let let's put let's put that away and say that this is breezy, summery effortless it's pipe smoking and creosote it's dlt and ted rogers it's the 70s but it's also so much more also the stops in the songs if you add it up it's nearly four seconds of silence surely (laughs) the most the most silence in a number one hit beautiful backing vocals the backing vocalist featuring future number one tina charles hooks all over this, that chorus, the ooh la la la, Harley's lispy affected vocal and the guitar solo. Something, I mean, I don't give a shit usually, but it's absolutely wonderful. It's an acoustic guitar solo, isn't it? It is. It's beautiful. Mm. I really like this. Liam, your views? A lot of time for this. Remind me, if, if I had a shop when I was younger, this would have been played. Shop songs! <laughs> Yeah, I, I got That's a lot of time such a this. difficult one to explain to the new <laughs> listener, isn't it? Yeah, re- re- new listeners refer to all episodes before this one. <laughs> Liam's on board, I'm on oh, board, Craig, on board, yeah, come yeah. on. It's summer in the 70s, we're all happy, let's get this one in. Oh, right, so, uh, I mean, what's the point? Oh, fuck it, I'll tell you the point. Clarity. Craig, where are you in the kitchen? I'm, I'm, I'm. The fridge is open and the cool, cool breeze is wafting my face. Liam. Oh, in the bin. Uh, in no, in the fridge. In the fridge. <laughs> in the fridge. Buried the lead on that one. <laughs> I, I'm just so used to going bing, bing. Past few episodes, I feel like the voice of society just going bing. So yeah, bing. So we're already shin deep in choruses. Let's get knee-deep in chorus. But I will tell you on this one, I don't expect unanimous on this. Oh, I could do, actually. Oh, I don't know. It's a tough one to call this one. First two, easy. Thought you'd be on board. This one, less so. But still, epoch-defined in many respects. Oh, interesting. But the most modern one of the three. Hmm. Which song could I be talking about? Ah, it's unique number 1702, of course. You silly fool. Number one... (laughs) On the 22nd of January, 
Strange that because the song really feels like it was released three years after that. 94 to 97. Hmm. It was at oh. number one for a month. Liam's got it, is, I think. Is, is there a space connection? Like a, an astrophysics-y sort of connection? Oh, yeah. Press play. <laughs> there we go. You haven't asked the machine. Oh, uh, yeah. Is there anything? Machine. Come on. No, there's not. Shut up, machine. Go away. No one wants to hear from you. You can walk my path. You can wear my shoes. Land a tug like me. Be an angel too. Where does the chorus kick in, Matthew? If you could go to 1 minute 43, please, Liam. Oh, that's a long time in. It is. Yeah, it's got a lead up. Is it, it a double first verse? It's well, it's a dance banger, really. Isn't well, it? It, it, it's, yeah, it's masquerading it's, it's as a pop song. Chorus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Tony. Moment in 1997, time. PCTs, Tony Blair wasn't a war criminal. <laughs> You've taken oh. all my writing. I'm sorry. <laughs> You've taken all my writing. But as you rightly said, 1997, but it wasn't. 1994, faux gospel dance pop from Half Man Half Lager, Peter Connor, and his band D-Ream. This is obviously Things Can Only Get Better. So 90s, it hurts. And with its links to the decade strengthened by the fact that we've already talked about it, it appears you feel it's from three years after the fact because of the links with the uh, uh, Labour victory in the general election in 1997 which I, I'm convinced is a kind of very low level Mandela effect that if we were to ask people when this song yeah, was released yeah. I think I think they'd be oh well it was uh, 1997 so yeah, yeah but, the, the, the labor campaign. Yeah, <laughs> Every, listener, go to the first person you see on the street. You're probably listening to this on a Monday morning. You might be on the way into work. Pause it, tap the person on the shoulder next to you, and ask them when this song was released. If they say 1997, I want you to point at them. And go, ha, 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 it was 1994, and then continue Every, listening. Every number one ever expects no liability for any injury <laughs> or death caused by the, uh, the the interrupting of strangers on a Monday morning. <laughs> as sunny and optimistic as Set You Free by Entrance, Entrance D Ream, hmm, ever even made us fall in love with future war criminal Tony Blair for a while. It's ground zero. <laughs> For both one and three clapping politicians uh, and also end of the night Danny Rampling worshipping clubbers. That's not bad going, eh? And I got through all of this without mentioning Brian Cox was in the band. Brian Cox, Brian Cox, Brian Cox, Brian Cox, Brian Cox. This, this episode has been very Cox themed. <laughs> what, what do you think of uh, Things Can Only Get Better by D. Reem Craig? I mean, you are 100% right. This is 1994, but it is. 1997, me age 15, delivering the sun, the day of the election win, and everything just seemed to be that little bit rosier in the world. Uh, this is, this is, this has got K-E-E-P written all over it. Liam? Um, this to me is as if someone had heard Screamadelica one too many times and just needed to remake Screamadelica. Um, but it's fucking fabulous. It's it? 
You it's, were the it's... one. You were the one. I wasn't sure about this. I thought you might have looked and gone, what are you liking this for, you losers? It, it's not... I don't want to use the word zeitgeist, but it is like a proper moment in time. And it's not 1994, it's 1997, as we said, but it's that moment. And it's just really, it's a, you know what, it's a fucking good pop song. It's a really mm. fucking good pop song. And you said it's about choruses, and yes, it's about choruses. So, keep. Matthew? Keep, keep, make it three, get them in. Lovely, easy, unanimous keep. I like it, boys. Well done. I'd even filled in my spreadsheet beforehand because I just knew, based on the back of the first two, it was going to be an absolute win. But, um, yes. Um, Shall we move on? Please. Move. Move. Begin. (laughs) Um, Let's do it. Who is it now? It's me. Um, I love that all those have a question mark on the end of them. Uncertainty. <laughs> so, um, my first number one is number one, 100. Nice, nice round number. I'm clapping 100. Yeah. Um, it was number one for four weeks, starting the 31st of March 1960. So we're in the 60s at least. Hooray! Um, uh, the band that didn't have Rod Stewart in it and some sort of computer button. Give me some facts. <laughs> um, no facts for this one. All I can tell you is um, get the poppers out, lads. We're opening up the Cumberland Gap again. Now here's a little story. Oh, it's Lonnie Donegan. Um, my old man's a dustman. It is indeed. <laughs> About an unsung hero that moves away a dust. Some people make a fortune, others earn a mint. My old man does. They were easily pleased back then, weren't they? Bless him. I was going to say, more inappropriate candle aspirin than a fucking BBC sitcom. <laughs> you ready? Oh, my old man's a dustman, he wears a dustman's hat. He wears gold by me trousers, and he lives in a council flat. Liam. <laughs> what is it to say about British skiffle novelty from 1960? Honestly, I was... This is... This is the kind of stuff I, I rail against normally, so I, I instead... I'm just going to tell you about the Canadian chart. So... <laughs> This song got... Spin-off pod! (laughs) It just gave me joy there. So this also got number one in Ireland, Australia, and New Zealand, and Canada. Um, But the Canada chart of the period was... Only existed from 57 to 86, and it was called the Chum Chart. What are your friends listening to this week? (laughs) Is that a sponsorship thing? I don't know, because I can't figure out what the fuck Chum stood for. Canada's hourly update music. <laughs> yeah, let's say that. It was Honestly, updated I can't, every hour. I can't Why figure out what it stood for. Why did it stop in 1986? Great question again. Um, I, I can tell you that the first song was Elvis's All Shook Up, and the last song to ever get number one on the Chum was Live to Tell by Madonna. <laughs> Went in on a banger and out on a banger. Yeah, but... Fuck knows. Um, I can tell you. I can tell you sort of why. Oh, please do, please do, because I've not been able to find it. Sort of why is good. Uh, 
the leading radio station in Canada at the time was Chum FM, and so it is. The charts are named oh. after their leading radio station. Why the radio station is called Chum, I I don't know. Let's find out. I'll deep dive into Chum FM. <laughs> it's uh, great. We'll talk about Lonnie Donegan later. But I can't figure out. I can't find what Chum means. It's got to be Canada something. I don't know. Dear listener, if you know what chum stands for, please let us know. Still going. Um, where do we stand on um, old Cumberland Gap himself? Novelty 60s tribe. Craig? You like it, don't you, Matt? I would like to point to a lot of arguments I've been faced with at the time that representation is a great thing in this pantheon that we are making over time and if we are going to let in a novelty skiffle song from 1960 why not make it the novelty skiffle song from 1960 yes yes but you don't have to bring back every bloody argument what do you actually think I think that it's a fun song that uh uh, leads to many other things. I think without this song, there would be no Ian Jury, for certainly. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that was so <laughs> because <laughs> Because of your sarcastic <laughs> condescension, it's going in. <laughs> going on one for that, are you? <laughs> oh, don't go on one. You'd be mental. <laughs> 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 going on one for Lonnie Donegan. No, but I'm firmly in the fridge on that one. Yeah. Matt? Yeah, I, there's, there's parts of Craig's argument that I agree with, not the injury bit, although that is, yeah, that's that's apt. Um, it's, I feel that we, Cumberland Gap was great. That really <laughs> probably should have gone in over this, but this is the Lonnie Donegan song. I, I have um, a Lonnie Donegan album and there was a serious a, a more serious side to Lonnie Donegan Rock Island Line did a wonderful version of Rock Island Line that he, I would implore you to listen to it's absolutely brilliant so there was some of this skip but to hook in the the fans to listen to kind of new music we mentioned music hall quite a bit on this podcast and we're mm. right at that point of do something make, make them laugh and you'll have their ear and this is making them laugh and you know what? There's a fag paper between this and the goons. And I love the goons. And I love Python. And yeah, I have no problem with this at all. And Lon- I feel Lonnie needs a bit of justice after his gap at the bin. This, heck, um, this feels a bit too old-fashioned for me, even for this period. It feels like the stuff that George Formby's doing, you know, circa 44. I'll give you that. And, you know, we're 15, 16 years later, and it's the same comedy and i think calling it the goons is maybe giving it a little bit too much high praise there's no surrealism in this no 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 no. i didn't call it the goons i said there's a fag paper between the kind of like that that joyous stupidity yeah oh okay do you know what i mean yeah yeah we're we're not quite innocent as well it's quite kind isn't it it's in, yeah, it's, you know, I think, yeah, perhaps it is closer to Farmby than the goons, but I, yeah, I, I, I can't hate this. You know what's really fucking me off? Go on. I cannot find what Chum stands for. <laughs> told you. I it's, told this you. It's ridiculous. Before the end of this podcast, we need to find out what Chum stands for. Right. Anyway, um, I am, I am closer to the fridge than the bin, but I am not really close uh, to the fridge. Okay. 
So you just you're over. You've got a leg on the fence, but you're over one side of it. I'm kind of. I've. You know that point when you. You know when you walk into a room and you forget why you've come into a room. Right. I'm, I think I need something from the fridge, but I'm not sure. Craig, where are you? Oh, I'm firmly, firmly near the fridge with that one. I'm quite happy to be uh, be near that one. It's fun. It's fun. Fun, fun, fun. Okie dokes. As the beach wise would say. I am not near the fridge. Um, let's move on, though. Let's go on to unique number 164. This was number we, one. We're all Googling about chum here, aren't we, guys? Let's be yep. honest. Right. And right, to be honest, fine. you're not going to miss much. So um, right. this was number one for nine weeks in... <laughs> On the 30th of August, is that eight? Yeah. Thank you. Um, on the 30th, starting the 30th of August, 19, <laughs> that one. 1957. Right. So um, we're not off to a great start. Um, Nine weeks, though. Yeah. So, um, little face people, tell me things. <laughs> Nothing from the small interfaces. It's up for grabs, lads. Tasty saxophone. Another LCR, actually. It is, isn't it? I'm so young and you're so old. This, my darling, oh dear. First milf song. I don't care just what they say, cause forever no. I will pray. You I mean, I should. I not, I not, right, initials please, Liam. P.A. Um, no. I always associate this artist with more kind of croony, ballady stuff than this kind of like early rock and roll. Paul Anker. Yeah. Correct. There we are. With that, a song called... Uh, yeah, I would have not, not gone there without those initials. Great voice for it, though. Yeah. Um, this is a song called Diana. It's about a girl named Diana, Kel Surprise, um, <laughs> whom he met at his church and community events and had later developed a crush on. Thank God for that. Literally. Um, it's... <laughs> it is kind of precision... Late 1950s proto rock and roll before we get to distortion, before we invent the crotch, um, and the teenager is only just beginning to kind of manifest itself, um, between uh tissue paper stuffed bras and brill cream. Um, it's not too bad, I quite enjoyed it, but um, I'm not running back to listen to this in any kind of fervid state. Craig, where are you on uh, on anchor? Meh, 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 meh. Yeah, jamming with faint praise. Okay, it's fine, Mr. Leonard. It's weakened, Donegan. Oh, really? I'm really really worried about Lonnie. What health wise, or (laughs) well, yeah, I mean, he's definitely he's not in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) He died um, two decades ago. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. Can I ask a really? This is a, such an impolite question. And anyway, is there anything left at that point? <laughs> I think I, mean, I think what, you've still got bones. I think you've got bones and maybe rags. Depends how wet it is down there. He could have been burned, but you never know. I think he was a silk man. Yeah. I don't think I don't think there's any rags. I don't think there's no polyester there. Was Lonnie Donegan cremated? 
This is the best episode. It was cremated in Peterborough on Thursday, the, tw- uh, the 14th of November, 2002. So I think we can officially say there is not much left. Dust. Is there? Dust. Um, cool. Lovely. Um, so, Matt's not feeling um, Paul Anker. No. He, nope. Craig's not feeling Paul Anker. I, I, it improved matters for me. I've got a bit of a soft spot for that. Do you know what's? Do you know what's quite exciting about things like this? It's still all to play for, isn't it? Mm. Decisions have not been made. This isn't a doomed crop at this point, is it? And I honestly don't know where this is going to go for this final number one because I think this could well split the room. Excellent. Oh so this God. is unique number one, seven hundred and seventy-eight. It Good was numbers. number one for two weeks on the 29th of November. Didn't even count then. 1997. Yes. So just as d are hitting the high notes, um, shall we ask um, the band Sons Rod if they've got any facts for us? Go. 97 charity song. Craig, you're up. I think I've got 97 this. 97 charity song. This is going to be... Oh, God, 97. Oh, I might be so a bit out, Pre-spice. No, I'm going to stick with it. Uh, love can, love can <laughs> That was what bridge. I was going to say. Love can build a bridge. Nana Cherry, share <laughs> Chrissy Hines. You're both wrong. Oh. Well, quite the intro. Oh no, it's that awful version of Perfect Day. It is indeed. Just a perfect day. Okay, so this is Lou Reed doing Just a Perfect Day or Perfect Day from. No, it isn't. It's Lou Reed very briefly doing. It's a cover of Lou Reed's Perfect Day from the seminal kind of. New York punkish period stuff on Transformer. It was a children in need single, but kind of very BBC incorporated as well. It was weird. What I would like to do though is I want to play a game, gentlemen, and not in a kind of oh who sang on this. So we're gonna go. We're gonna do. We're gonna do um, perfect day tennis. You both get. You can both get one fail as well. So I would like to know, in any particular order, any of the people who sang on this abomination, or even performed, because there are musicians as well. Who are we going first? Who's going first? Um, Craig, I like your t-shirt. Bowie. Correct. Bowie. Gone. Heather Small. Wonder Trumpet herself. Gone. Yeah. Ian Browdy. Uh, correct. And his lightning seeds. Yes, well, just him, but yeah. Matthew? Huey from the Fun Loving Criminals. Oh, great question. Yep, Huey Morgan. Lou Reed. Easy, yep. <laughs> I'll show off a bit here. Dr. John. Correct. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> There's some big names on this list. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, fucking... I've got a 50-50. Was it him or the band? Give me him. Uh, Bono. Correct. Bono Vox. Yeah. Tom Jones. Oh. Correct. Oh, we're really dredging now, boys. Uh, 
No, we're not. There's some <gasps> massive stuff. Uh, Tom Jones. Tom, 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 Tom. Matt Jones, just Tom said Jones. Tom Jones. Eh, fault. Matt, you're up. <laughs> Laurie Anderson. Correct. New York electronic artist Laurie Anderson herself. Clearly well connected with children in need. Craig, you need this point or Matt wins? I'm running through the song in my head. Uh, boy band. T- uh, boy zone. Correct. Matthew. Right, I'm going to take a chance. Michael Nyman and his orchestra. No. Oh. Fault to Matthew. Right. Next one to get it wrong, we're in sudden death mode. Craig? Oh, nobody else of any fucking clout. Massive, on this track. massive people, Craig. There is nobody else of any fucking clout on this fucking track. Fucking, oh no, I, I give up. Iggy Pop. Oh, that would have been a good shout. No. Matthew, can you get this for the win? Gabrielle. Correct. Fucking eye patch, get in the bin. <laughs> There's our episode title, boys. Um, other people you could have had on this bomb nation were Sky Edwards. Boom. The last from Marchiba. Um Suzanne Vega. Yep. Craig, you're going to kick yourself with this one. Elton John. What did Elton... What line did Elton sing <laughs> on that one? I will confirm he it. He didn't read what he sold. <laughs> Here he is. And then later, a movie two. Moment. Then later, what a movie two. Five. Um... Uh, Leslie Garrett, Bernie Spear, Thomas Allen, Emmylou Harris, Tammy Winnett, Shane McGowan, um, Robert Cray. Uh, One of the Cray, Cray twins. Yep, precisely. Yeah. <laughs> Not the American blues guitarist at all. Um, Ivan Dando, um, Courtney Pine, the BBC Symphony, Brett Anderson of Suede. I didn't know that, actually. Um, Joan Armatrading and... Really? Yep. And then some... Oh, the Brodsky Quartet was in... I well. just got into Joan Armatrading as well. Does she know? <laughs> there you go, you motherfuckers. Sorry. It's going in the bin just for that. <laughs> so, um, where do you stand on this one, Matthew? Because Craig's already shown his hand here. So this kind of was, it was interesting at the start, was because this was the first one. So obviously, I know we had Live Aid. Yeah. Uh, li- no, Band Aid. Which you know, m- many pop stars in a room doing a line each, <laughs> and also singing. Way <laughs> um, with this because it was a video piece only. It was kind of like the great reveal going through, wasn't it? You know yes, what I mean. Yes, very it much. Was, so. And it was, oh look at this! It's like, it's like later with Jules Holland in one song. Um, I you know. Full disclosure, I watched this within the last two months. Wow, Which is really? why I did so well oh my on, the, God. on the tennis. Um, because I was discussing with some people. Well, someone said to me, said, uh, we talked about it, and I said, oh, yeah, you know, it's kind of said it, it was quite in- interesting. Not important, but interesting at the time. And someone said to me, yeah, but it's shite, isn't it? I watched it, and <laughs> yes, it's shite. Okay, so it is. I'm going to come to you, Craig. I mean, we're a gnat's dick away from being Gal Gadot's Imagine during COVID with this one. Let's, let's be... I don't know what that is. <laughs> you know what? No, no. Do you know... No. Craig has given us the reason why this deserves to go in the bin because without this, Gal Gadot's Imagine during COVID wouldn't have existed. Well, for those of you on Patreon, we're going to go and look at that bullshit that she's done right now. <laughs> but for those of you here, just enjoy the normal podcast. 
Um, okay, so in that case, well, I've got to throw my opinion in on this. It's it's bollocks, isn't it? It's just proper bollocks. Um, it's very a bit holier than thou for me as well. There's something that makes me kind of let lose a bit of a sour taste with all these fucking millionaires singing for yeah. children in need. Like, no, no. I gave my time. Oh, did you? That's not going to feed the fucking dying kids in Newcastle, is it? He got paint in his eye. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, that's a reference for people of a very particular... <laughs> that's uh, great. It was worth, all of that was worth it just for that moment. Um, it's bollocks, isn't it? Okay, so that means that we are now pitting my old man's a dustman. From old Cumberland Gappy Donegan. Um, Paul Anker's Paul cute Lonnie. little rock and roll. Paul yeah. Lonnie. Paul. Justice for Lonnie. Um, Jesus Christ. I'm going to come to the easy one first. Craig, where are you at? Ben. Ben. Yes. Um, Matthew? Ben. Yeah, it's got to be you, Nana Ben, hasn't it, for this? That, that final one is just a sinful. <laughs> Paul Lonnie. Come on, justice. For, right, does you... Justice for By the way, u- update for those keeping tabs. Still not found what Chum FM stands for. But I'm... <laughs> oh, I, I, I have. <gasps> I've, it's it's really boring. It's oh, really boring. St- stop. <laughs> you didn't interrupt. No. This is by far the most new. important thing. <laughs> Chum what game. does Chum, Chum stand for? It's really, really boring. It's, I don't care. Uh, uh, Canadian broadcast stations, similar to America, have uh, a three to four letter prefix depending on the region. So it will have been that the region that it broadcasted on was CHU. And so it just so happens that that particular region also ended with an M. No particular meaning after that. It's just a lucky stroke that provided a fun name. And we could have had Chuff. <laughs> yeah. Chub. Um, right, let's have a look at all Chaff, the number two. Chav. Chav. <laughs> right. Um, I, I need to get me number two out, boys. Okay, here we go. Adelante. Oh, God. Oh, God. What the fuck is this? Uh, Stop saying that. <laughs> He's going to say it again. <laughs> so... Hello, hello, attendant. I would like one ticket for Cucumber Castle, please. (laughs) (laughs) This is um, Adelante, English translation, forward, um, by uh, German production duo Sash! Exclamation mark. Taken from the duo's third album, Trilenium. Adelante became a chart hit, reaching number one in Romania and Scotland, and number two in the UK singles chart. There is absolutely nothing else to commend it. Um, Euro we, dance we, shat, and we could have we had did, we, we could have had Lonnie Donegan in, but but we've we've managed to torpedo that perfect day. Yes, like we have take basically. solace in that. I'll try. Which means right, we'll finish. Wait, up. wait, 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 wait. He has Lonnie has one more chance. Oh, does he? He's got Insta-key one more. For Lonnie. I, I, I think there needs to be justice there. Justice Um, Well, that means that, Craig, you are now up as the final victim of the week. My 
my first number one this week is unique number one, number four, five. This was number one oh, for two. <laughs> clever bastard. <laughs> this was number one for two weeks from the 30th of March in the year of our Lord, 1956. Now, uh, where are we? Small interfaces. Give me facts all or nothing. Nothing, nada, zip. You've not a chance, but it may pique your interest. Press play. Sexy. One night I was late. Why? Oh, came home from a date. Slipped out of my shoes. Do we know that voice, Craig? At the door. We don't. It has got very sort of Eartha Kit tones. That's what I was going for. Yeah, I thought to it. Kit. Oh, uh, I think we've had this person before, and I can't remember their name. I think they're already in the Pantheon. K Star. Yes, she's already in with "A Longer Comes a Love." Yes, this oh. is her second of two number ones. This is what could be considered novelty. This is rock and roll waltz. Oh, weird. This is a this this is. I mean, this is cashing in on what could have been considered a fad at the time of rock and roll, where mm. it's essentially a story of a teenager coming home and get this, the parents are trying to waltz, but to to a rock and roll oh record. God. Oh my God, you, you can't waltz to a rock and roll record, you silly old bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Three minutes, you get that. Lovely. Uh, to be fair, it actually builds quite nicely, and by the last sort of like minute thirty seconds, it, the band's kicked in, and it is. I shouldn't like this. I quite like this. Right. Well, that's strong praise indeed from fifties hater Craig Lowe. Yeah, good start. For me, it just uh, it, it's it's very just meh in the background. It, it's wallpaper. I, I need something more to get my teeth into than a, a vaguely waltzy if, novelty. If, if, if we're if we're going in, could you just smash us in a minute from the end so I can hear how it develops? Yeah, get it about two minutes twenty or something like that. Okay. To a rock and roll song. One, two, and then rock. One, two, and then roll. One, two, and then jump. It's good for your soul. I feel quite sorry for her based on what Spotify say. You know, like you can see Spotify profiles for all your new musicians. It yeah. just says a solid jazz singer. <laughs> <laughs> a good singer. <laughs> yeah. That was nice, clo- uh, nice, nice close harmonies. Yeah, interesting idea, but it leaves me a bit cold. I must be honest. That's fine. And not trying to be a sassy bitch. It just doesn't work for me. Okay, sassy bitch says no. Uh, <laughs> she is a sassy bitch. <laughs> Uh, Leonard, where are we? Not, not moved, but fine Unmoved, with it. Moved, but fine with it. Yes, right. Well, then let me appeal to the football fan in you with unique number one, number one hundred and sixty. This was number one for four weeks from the thirty-first of October in the year of our Lord nineteen sixty-three. Oh, uh, Jerry, <laughs> is this is Jerry, this a carousel Jerry, song? Jerry, this, yes, this is a big yeah. Small uh, small interfaces give us facts on a lazy Sunday. Play Jerry and the Pacemakers, you'll never walk alone, Liam. <laughs> when you walk 
LCR. Yeah. Hold your hand. Tell you what, Liam, if you want to throw it up, it'd have passed me by, but you're right, we've been peppered with them. So early, on the episode, early in the episode when I said, oh, it might be one of the only LCR number ones, clearly I'm just fucking wrong. <laughs> Just an added bonus, I guess, to this particular song. It does it. It does it. It does it. It really does. A a song so big, a multinational sporting conglomerate took it as their motto. This is Jerry and the Pacemakers, You'll Never Walk Alone. A song featured in the movie Carousel originally taken up by Jerry and the Pacemakers, adopted by the city of Liverpool. If there was ever a song that needed to be in the Pantheon for historical reasons, boys, I present you this. Right, before Liam kicks it to death, can I just say, I think it's really... I think it's really I feel, I feel attacked by that. <laughs> I think, as forward-thinking covers go, this is really clever for the time for... for um, Jerry and the Pacemakers to choose to pick this song out of the musical Carousel, one of the closing numbers from the musical Carousel, and turn it into a kind of really thoughtful bit of Mersey Beat, which almost transcended what Jerry and the Pacemakers, that doorbell pop that we've talked about in the past. This this has got heart, it soars, his vocal performance is amazing. And I know it's become synonymous with Liverpool now, but up until even still the mid-80s, there were innumerable football clubs that uh, or football fans that were singing it. Why is that important? Well, it's not in many respects, but it does show that it, it's got a transcend. The song has a transcendent nature. It's about facing down adversity. It's uh, you know this is this is a song almost for the trenches. You know this is this is a song about human love and contact it's wonderful liam it is a dirge sung by yobs that i never want to hear again in my entire fucking existence and now and now mr maloney can no longer enter merseyside or anywhere near the river mersey remotely <laughs> oh my god i need to beat that beeping beep. i think we're, yeah, we're, uh, all, in, we're all where we thought we were going to be after that yeah, I think we're exactly where we thought we'd be. Liam is firmly sat in the bin. Oh, uh, I think me and Matt are leaning more towards the fridge than we are anything else yeah, at definitely. this moment in time. It definitely. would take like, uh, uh, I don't know, what would it take? It would, oh gosh, what's what's a big number one that I'm still waiting on? I don't know. The, w- w- it would take a classic. Yeah, it would take something pushes, massive. Pushes glasses up his nose. <laughs> <laughs> I present you with unique number one, number 306. This was number one one for five weeks from the 9th of October in the year of the Lord, 1971. Now, small interfaces. Fat la la la, lee me. Now, this is contentious for me, this particular one, because I was only at the last minute persuaded to do the double A on this. Because personally, I don't think it's a double A. Why? Uh, I'll explain further on. And will be interesting to see which one of the two Liam plays. Press play. I've got them both lined up. Well, well bit, bit of both. One that starts... Yeah, you do both. 
fucking LCR again. Do we usually have a mono feed? If I listen long enough to you. This is the first single from Rod Stewart's album, Reason to Believe, and there was a lesser known B-side to that song, if you want to play that one. This way. Would you like to to enlighten us all, Matthew? Yeah, this is a oh. rare instance of A to B being flipped, although technically a double A side. Uh, as uh, the song Maggie May is featured on the album, uh, firmly listed as B-side on every single article I can find up until Reasons to Believe flops and everyone starts playing Maggie May, at which point, oh, interesting. funnily enough, they flip they flip the letters over and suddenly Maggie May is the A-side and Reason to Believe is the B-side. Oh, it's, strange. A strange, it's a strange story, but at the same time, it's fucking Maggie May by Rod Stewart, possibly the greatest thing he ever did. It's off his best album. Mm-hmm. It's off his best album, which is Every Picture Tells a Story, which I was just trying to find there. Um, we already have a rod in. <laughs> um, we certainly we were going to go for two rods, but uh, Craig kicked Do You Think I'm Sexy to Death. The rod we right have in... <laughs> you wear it well. The rod we have in is You Wear It Well, which is pretty much... Exactly the same as Maggie May, barring one thing. It's nowhere near as this good. This is Maggie May. This is it's This is Maggie May. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And if if by listening Actually, to this, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. Why is this brilliant? Why should I be voting keep on this rather than kicking the whole thing into the Mersey? Well, I mean, I don't have to win you over. I'm just. You do. That's say, the format of the show. No, 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 the for, no, 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 no. It is the format of the show, but the format of the show is also it's a democracy, and I've already got Craig on board, so I don't have to win you over, fucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I know, but it'll brilliant? stop me being a Ramona. So it's a song of joy. I mean, if if you can't listen to this and smile, then you talk of me having no soul at occasions. This really is a no soul. I just, I just really it. like the sound of this, Liam. Plainly and simply that I love the sound of it. Same with you wear it well. Song production. It's yeah. got it's got Artist the twelve string. It's got the married. piano. It's dry, bone dry. No reverb on this at all. It's it's a cheap couch with the bottom given out, and the guy starts knocking this out on the guitar. The drummer gets up, he starts playing. The old Joanna in the corner, and then Rod walks up with a roll in his hand, and then just starts belting this song out, and it's just roots it it's great he sounds fantastic on this and pretty much killed his career i mean obviously there was some you know there's young turks liam as we always talk about (laughs) (laughs) you know but this this is absolute prime rod stewart just a wonderful blue-eyed soul voice a real killer voice and possibly possibly his finest moment definitely top three though Opinions, Mr. Maloney. Oh, all three, all four. Uh, no, well, let's focus. Let's focus on the uh, the task at hand at the moment before we go to the the triumvirate. I don't really know reason to believe. Um, Nobody does. There's a reason it got, <laughs> it got shunted to the B side. Maggie May. 
a few episodes ago, I can't remember what track it was, we were talking about something that's almost a little bit impossible to judge because, oh, it was Hey Jude, wasn't it, the other episode, last episode maybe? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Maggie May sort of sits within that, but more in the sense that Maggie May is one of those things that is, and you two might have a go at me for saying this, but Damn. oh well. It's one of those songs that is held up in such high regard by music fans that it makes it slightly untouchable and makes it it makes you kind of an aberration on the curve when you <laughs> dislike it. No, that's that's really interesting because through most of my life, Rod Stewart has been viewed as risible, has been viewed as basically a man made of sick with hair on top. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you Just, you will never get, there will never be another Rod Stewart song that will, I will ever let in this pantheon. I hate the man and I hate his output. This, wow, this is fucking classic. And it was only about like the last 10 years, Liam, that I discovered that Every Picture Tells a Story is viewed as a really good album because it's a really good album. And it makes it makes me pissed off at him more than anything because <laughs> he was fantastic. And he didn't really take himself very seriously. And that was perhaps part of the reason why his output nosedives so fast. So yeah, with me and him are saying it's brilliant. I'm not sure if that's... Maggie May does, from my experience, particularly if you're a guitarist, it kind of sits in this weird, highly viewed... It's the guilty pleasure hinterland, isn't it? Yeah. And I, and it's never moved me. I've got to be honest. I've never quite been able to penetrate the fuss of it. It's and honestly I'm... not a song that I I think you would have any view it's on not, at all. It's, it's not an overthinking song. It's a nice song. No, but I, I don't mind just like a good song, but I just, you know, it just doesn't do anything. It just leaves me cold and, and like I just, I don't connect with it in any way. And so for me and the combination of um, random novelty rock and roll waltz and a football anthem, I am just deeply, deeply bin. Well, luckily, me and Matthew are here. <laughs> to save the day and uh, I think it's a very easy keep for me and Matthew yeah it's it's going in I'm afraid Liam sorry mate you know when you feel like did you ever feel like the um... <laughs> the tides are the... turning on you <laughs> yeah 40 episodes in it's finally happening to you <laughs> co-star or like a moment in your life where you feel like oh I'm not the star of today's episode yeah that's right now <laughs> But we're keeping, uh, aren't we, because of you two. Yes, you get your keep. You get your keep. Okay. Um, Should we wrap up then, lads? Well, as me and Matthew and our special co-host and sidekick Liam Maloney have alluded to... That's brutal and cruel. I need to yes, sort my I... will out in a few weeks and just, you've <laughs> just extracted yourself from it right there. Craig. Oh. oh man, I wanted those records so bad. <laughs> you want my B-52s, that's for damn fucking sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just going to get a face of spit. But, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I charge extra. Uh, yeah, uh, Patreon, website, all the fun stuff, you know where you're going. <laughs> uh, just head over uh, this has been an interesting episode, to say the least. If you think it's worthy 
of any sort of money or feedback, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash E-N-O-E podcast. Uh, check us out on all the socials by searching E-N-O-E podcast. Uh, if you're unsure of any links, head over to every number one ever.com. You'll find all the links there. We've got all the domains, however you wish to spell it. Uh, Mr. Liam, is it pronounced Maloney? I'm not sure you're not a regular on the show, are you? <laughs> Mute. There we go. <laughs> Episode 45 and it ends. You may well mute me on the Zoom feed, but my record... I can't hear a word he's saying, but this is going to get tracked down, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can unmute yourself, Craig. Still recording, motherfucker. I don't know, this is just not going to end, now. I've got a headache. Stay muted. I could just kick him off. Oh, kick him <laughs> off? What are you doing this? Oh, mute yourself, Greg. Um, so, um, into the Pantheon this week went the Bee Gees with I've Gotta Get a Message to You, a man in an electric chair. Um, we've got Steve Harley and Cockney Rebels. You come up and make me do something. Um, D Reams, things can only get better unless you're Tony Blair. Um, My Old Man's a Dustman, though, by Donny Leminigan. Um, Diana by Paul Anker. And Perfect Day by Lou Reed et al. All hit the bin. Um, maybe his old man's bin, who knows? Um, but we're unfortunately replaced by Sash exclamation marks Adelante Ecuador um, which means forward and finally K-Star with Rock and Roll Wolf a novelty bit of trash from the late 50s um, Jerry and the Passmakers with You'll Never Walk Alone a song that should never be screamed from a terrace and maybe an A maybe a B maybe a B and an A who knows by Rod Stewart with Reasons to Believe and something called Maggie May that I've never really heard of before made us into the pantheon Liam yes I've enjoyed you <laughs> why must you turn this into a house of lies Craig wow it, it was so bland at first but it got so salty so fast towards the end <laughs> it was not bland can I just say my three were brilliant and on that note Thanks, guys. Appreciate your time. Pleasure. We're going to play out with a song that spans three years. (laughs) It's that that big, fat motherfucker of D-Reams, Things Can Only Get Better. And after episode 45, it is nothing but gold, baby. Nothing but gold. Bye. Ha, 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 ha.